This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. You know, we often talk about recycling and the issues that we have with plastics in our lives. And one of the comments that we often hear is, what about the companies that produce all this stuff? How come we don't talk about them? Ah, well, then today's list of plastic polluters is definitely something you are going to want to hear about. This is produced every year by Greenpeace Canada. Their list for this year has just come out. They have identified 240 companies in what they call their branded plastic pollution audit. Top of the list in first and second place, the companies Nestle and Tim Hortons. Let's find out more about this now. Joining us is Sarah King, the head of Greenpeace Canada's Oceans and Plastics campaign. Sarah, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. Now, tell me a little bit about how you do this. What is it that you assess? Sure. So, you know, a lot of organizations across Canada and around the world, for that matter, conduct shoreline and community cleanups on a regular basis. Um, And they usually separate the types of waste that they find and they, you know, measure either by weight or by number of items, how much paper waste they find, how much plastic waste, other types of materials. Um, But what we've done is taken that auditing process one step further and we've been looking specifically at the plastic pollution that we're finding and looking at the branded uh, plastic pollution. So identifying the companies or the labels, um, compiling all that data across the country and also around the world. Uh, But for this audit, it was just across Canada. And then determining who are the top polluters. And that that is what uh, our list consists of. Right. So this is literally the garbage that gets picked up. Yes. All right. So number one on the list was Nestle. Like what kind? Are we talking about like the plastic water bottles here? Yeah, water bottles are a big contributor to to the Nestle numbers. Uh, Wrappers, you know, so many of the chocolate bars that we see in the stores are actually Nestle products. Um, Nestle, the company owns a lot of different brands. Um, So, yeah, so so all of those different brands would contribute to the Nestle position. Okay, so the number two on this list was Tim Hortons. Yes. So Tim Hortons, you know, definitely I think many people would agree that it's Canada's most iconic uh, pollution. You know, we see the cups uh, sort of everywhere in our communities when we're driving on the highway, in our parks, on our shorelines. Um, So so really it's cups, not just the coffee cups, but also those plastic cups um, that they use for frozen and cold drinks. Um, lids oh, and then straws, yeah. yeah. But also, they sell, you know, Tim Hortons branded, say, apple juice. Um, so we do find some of that as well. Right. Okay. And so then, also on the list, Starbucks, McDonald's, Coca Cola. I guess these are the companies that we see and deal with every single day. Are we not providing enough facilities? Do you think, Sarah, for people to put these into recycling? Well. The whole idea of recycling um, is a little bit of a myth, unfortunately. So we're currently operating in a, in a broken global recycling system. In Canada, we recycle less than 9% of plastic waste. Um, and it's really not consistent across different municipalities. Uh, so, you know, in some places, theoretically, say you can recycle um, a, a Starbucks cup, um, and then in somewhere else you can't. So it's not consistent. Um, there's a lot of confusion among customers as to what to do with, you know, all of this plastic packaging and all these items that we deal with in our daily lives. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is an infrastructure issue. The, 
to some extent, like there's just no way that we can process the sheer volume of single use plastics that's being pumped into the market on a daily basis. And do you think sometimes because people do get overwhelmed with those questions, they just, you know, throw it in the garbage? Probably. Um, You know, we definitely see a lot of coffee cups uh, and occasionally other items that are theoretically recyclable in waste bins. But, you know, the reality is that so much of actually what is even diverted for recycling still ends up in landfill. So even when people are doing their best and, and putting things in their blue bin or recycling, a lot of it still does go to landfill because plastic unfortunately, is actually quite a hard material to recycle. Right. Um, there are a lot of issues that come into play around contamination, around different types of plastic. So, again, you know, just because something has that little logo on the product, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be turned into another plastic item like a lot of us had hoped. Right. Now, is that necessarily the case in BC? Because I know our program here is different. The onus is much more on the producers and the manufacturers of plastic. It is. So we, you know, in BC, we do have a better extended producer responsibility program. And I say better because it's, it's far from perfect. We still have a massive waste problem in, in BC. Um, and we still have a massive pollution problem. You know, we're, we're on the coast. Um, we, we get the brunt of a lot of the pollution that's coming from particularly the North Pacific. Uh, a lot of people have probably heard of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. We, um, you know, we feel the effects of that. Um, yeah, so right. it's, you know, it's uh, even though we do have a better program here, a lot still goes to landfill. And the reality is, is that, you know, say someone is is on the go on a ru- in a rush and they've been drinking from a plastic water bottle. And so they put that, say, beside a garbage can on the street. If there's no recycling um, receptacle on the street in Vancouver, then that bottle could still be going to landfill. It's, you know, the company's sort of responsibility ends with them right. um, paying to have collection through the Blue Box program. Right. And those coffee cups, I think, are also key here, whether it is Starbucks, Tim Hortons, whatever. I I drink tea from Tim Hortons. And so on my desk, I what I do is when I finish, I take the lid off and I separate the lid to recycle it. So on my desk, there's like a stack of lids and then I take it over to the recycling and I put it in recycling. But... How, what, what are we supposed to do with those cups? Well, ideally, those cups will not exist anymore is the right. reality. You know, ideally, Tim Hortons, uh, Tim Hortons would be a great uh, company to pilot a, say, a mug share program. So actually, a colleague of mine was just telling me about this this morning, that there's this concept. Um, we've, we actually have this in different parts of Canada as well, mug share program. So um, but there's this one program in Denver where it started, it's called Vessel. So you can go into your coffee shop. Um, they give you a, uh, a reusable cup. You don't have to pay anything the first time you get it, and it has a barcode on it. And then you can keep using that cup, or you can return it at a variety of coffee shop locations, get a new one. Um, and they just keep going around and around and keep being reused. So they're you know, the consumer doesn't have to pay, but if they lose the cup, they have to pay if they want another one. Um, but Tim Hortons is a great example, Starbucks too, uh, where there's so many of those restaurants across the country. Um, people seem to be loyal customers to those places. So, you know, having reusable cups that you can take, return um, in lieu of uh of um, disposable cups is really where we want to see those companies go. Right. So you want to see them place more of an emphasis on, hey, don't bring, don't make us give you a cup. 
Exactly. Do you yeah. think we're, do you think we're headed towards that? Is there are those companies listening? They're listening, uh, but they're not making commitments to actually reduce the amount of single-use plastics that they're producing. Um, a lot of them are relying on false solutions. So both Starbucks and Tim Hortons, you know, in the last year have come out with a new lid, and they say it's recyclable. Um, but in reality, most of those lids aren't being recycled. Also, the definition of recycling. Um, you know, in Vancouver, there's a Beyond the Blue Box program where you can take so many of your different types of plastics that some of them can't go in the blue bin. But when they say recycling, they actually mean it's being burned and turned into energy of some sort. But those processes are still polluting. They are still very problematic. So it's still not this idea that we think of a lid being turned into a lid or a lid being turned into another form of packaging. It's actually being burned in a lot of cases. So um, that's why we really need them to not be trying to just keep producing disposables in different formats, but rather focus on refill, reuse concepts that are more part of like a circular um, economy that we need to move to. Right. All right, Sarah, listen, thank you so much for talking to us about this. Thanks a lot. That's Sarah King, the head of Greenpeace Canada's Oceans and Plastics Campaign. They have just conducted uh, like a plastic audit, I guess you could call that. Uh, They call it their plastic pollution audit. They took a look at the companies that essentially they believe are responsible for putting the most plastic waste out there in the environment. They named Nestle as number one. And this is from the garbage and things that they have collected in their assessment. Nestle, Tim Hortons, Starbucks, McDonald's, Coca-Cola being the top five.